0: Welcome back to another episode of the Raising Young Achievers podcast, the show that's all about supporting you on the journey of preparing your kids for success in school and in life. I'm your host, Sharia Woods, and today we are diving into an educational challenge that many parents can relate to, the struggle with math. (laughs) Do you find yourself in a situation where your child's math scores and their grades just are not where you want them to be? You might be dreaming about your child growing up to be a doctor or an engineer or an architect, and you know that math is going to be an important part of that journey, but it can feel like it's hopeless at times because the teachers are throwing so many concepts at your child and they can barely keep up. You are not alone. When math becomes a roadblock, it can be frustrating for you and your child, and your concerns are completely understandable, but, don't panic. I got you. <laughs> I've been on this journey. I have found a ton of stuff that's been helpful, and I'm going to start digging into that today. And so in this episode, I'm going to explain why your child might be struggling and the key to helping them get back on track. The key is making sure they fully mastered all of the concepts that they've been taught in school. That's going to take some time, energy and negotiation skills (laughs) to get your child to the extra things that are needed. But I truly believe this is the key to helping your child excel in math. Needing a little extra help to stay on track doesn't mean your child is any less capable of being a math whiz. I promise. I'm still on this journey with my son, but over the past year, I've learned a ton and I've seen tons of growth. And I'm excited to have you on this journey with me if I can convince you to join me. Okay. So today I'm going to walk through what I mean by mastery and why it matters And then I'll walk you through some practical ways to help your child get there. I have some great resources and some ideas that I'm excited to share with you at the end of this episode. So hang in there with me, all right? Okay, so let's jump in. One of the biggest challenges that our kids run into in school is the pace of the learning. The focus of today's schools are primarily on preparing students for standardized tests because that's how Teachers and campuses show how effective they are at teaching. So there is a lot of content on these tests and teachers have to try to cover all of that content in the year because the worst fear is that a student will get to that test and then there will be things on there that they haven't even been exposed to. And so they want to make sure that every kid has had an opportunity to learn every concept that's going to be on that test. I get that. It makes sense. It's very logical. But the challenge comes when your child has not mastered one of the things that is being taught. And so the class doesn't necessarily slow down, right? Like maybe if all the kids don't understand the concept, they might slow down and revisit it or a good majority of them don't get it. But if most of the other kids have gotten the concept, then they're going to move on that next week. And so I can speak from experience watching my son, Sean. He will sometimes struggle with a math test, right? We'll redo it together. We'll send it back in. And this allows me to walk him through the things that he's missed on the test. I remember, especially last year when we were in second grade, I would be feeling really good about this and be like, oh, okay, now we got this concept, like we're ready to go back to class, he's gonna do great. And then you see the next week they're doing something completely different. And so that's gone. (laughs) And so while I've helped him, you know, gain some competence with the skill, he hasn't had a chance in class to really master that skill. And they could be moving on to something completely different. Like it could be going from a certain type of addition to now we're talking about telling time. So it's not even necessarily like building on what they learned that past week. And it would be one thing if they'd moved on forever, but that content is likely going to come back, right? Like it's going to come up during his standardized test and he may get stuck there. The content may come back in later lessons. So let's say he's learning like basic edition, then that module is over. Maybe they come back and now they're learning like two digit edition. But if he hasn't mastered the single digit edition, then that's going to be a problem, right? So as the concepts build, it gets harder and harder, and he's gonna fall further and further behind. And so that's what we want to prevent as parents. And since this is the way that the school works in general, students start ending up with these gaps in their learning. And depending on the kids, the gaps could be small, they could be large, or some kids maybe they don't have any gaps at all. Like maybe they're able to just keep up with the pace that the teacher is teaching. So maybe you can already see the challenge that this presents, but as an example to help you kind of conceptualize what I'm talking about, think about the process of building a house, right? The first thing that you do when you're building a house is you lay the foundation. And this may just look like a slab of concrete, but it's a very important step. They have to get the foundation right. If the foundation is not right, you can build that whole house and it might look great and really beautiful, but in a few years you'll start seeing cracks and eventually you'll need very expensive repairs. And so it's like that with the math foundation as well. In the beginning, you can get by without mastering the core concepts. Your child might still have A's and B's, and it seems like things are going really well. But as the math gets more complex, those gaps will come back to haunt them, and they will really start to struggle. And you may also start to notice that their standardized test scores don't match their grades in class because at least at our school there are a lot of opportunities to do makeups and redos and so even if you're not fully mastering the concepts you're still able to get some pretty good grades if you're doing what the teacher asks you to do so as parents there's a question of like well what can we do about this um, and there's not much you can do from the parent's seat to slow down the pace of learning in the classroom if your child falls behind, right? Because the teacher has these other priorities and there are all these systemic things at play. So what we have to do as parents is supplement what our kids are learning in class to ensure that they're really mastering those core skills. One amazing free tool that I found to help with this is the Khan Academy. They've been around for a while. I mean, I remember them from when I was in school and I work in the education space, so I was fully aware of what they did. But I've just recently introduced this into my son's routine like very recently like two days ago if you are not familiar with the Khan Academy it's a free, I emphasize free, online tool that helps break down the lessons that the students are learning in school. And so I'll have to do a whole episode where we walk through this at some point because there are a ton of amazing resources inside of the Khan Academy, but I highly recommend it as a supplement to what your kids are learning in school. They have a ton of courses that you can sign up for within the system that track along with what they're learning in school. So depending on your child's age, like for instance, for Sean, I could sign him up for third grade math and third grade reading. So it's really going to align with what he's learning in school and allow opportunities for additional practice for him. What we're doing right now for the last two days, remember, we just started using this tool, but we're doing the recommended math practice for the MAP test, which is the standardized test our school district uses about three times a year to track what he's learning. And so the Khan Academy breaks the skills that are tested on the MAP test into sections. And each of the sections have these little small units that consist of maybe four to seven questions that allow him to practice the skills and then gives him feedback and gives me feedback on what he's mastered and where he still needs to grow. And what I've really loved about this platform is as he goes through each section, they measure how many questions he gets right the first time and then they use that to measure his level of mastery. And so they also allow him to keep trying on the questions until he gets them right, which for my son, especially, I think that's very important because he likes to get answers right. And so it gives him a chance to fully get there. Even if they're not counting that as a win or like a point of mastery, it allows him to go through the full process and not feel like he's failed because he still has a chance to get it right. And they also offer links to lessons to support you while you're learning. So I'll give you an example. Yesterday, he was doing a problem on there, and it was asking him to measure with paper clips and then to measure with the ruler. And I remember him struggling with this in second grade. And so when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, that's back. And so he was really struggling with it. But when he finished um, one of the questions, they were like, if you would like more help with this, click this link. And then we went to a video where there was an instructor kind of walking him through the concept. Um, And so that's something we're going to continue to work on. We didn't get quite there. But I really love that flow of like, practice it. If you got it right, okay, let's keep moving. If you didn't get it right, okay, try again. If you're still struggling, okay, let's take a step back. Let's relearn this concept and then re-engage. And so I really like that flow for him. And I think that might be really helpful to your child too. So as you hang with me, you'll learn that I'm a really big nerd about this stuff. And I go way down the rabbit hole and things like this. And I started researching and trying to figure out, like, does this really work? Like how similar is this to the MAP tests? Like What kind of improvements can I expect if we lean into this? And I did find some good studies on the Khan Academy website where they showed that students did improve on their MAP test scores when they used the Khan Academy. And they found that 30 minutes a week or more was kind of the sweet spot where you got the biggest results for students. And so I was really excited about that, especially the small, relatively small dosage size, because you know, adding 30 minutes a week to your routine is not... Um, an overwhelming amount to add. The other thing that I found when I was researching Khan Academy and its effectiveness, was they found that it was more important to focus on the mastery of skills in their system than to just look at the amount of time spent in the system. And so, since they've set it up in a way where it's really easy to see if your kid has mastered these different skill sets. It's great because you can go in there and look at that. And that's what they really want you to focus on. And so instead of zooming through like all of the content, like, Oh, let's, let's look at all of this and make sure that you've tried all of these things. They want you to stay on specific skills and keep looping through them until your child has mastered that skill and then move on to the next skill. And they found that that has the biggest impact on their scores and then just the competency that they have in their, their math. So you may remember that this is a challenge that I was getting at earlier, the idea that our schools are focused on exposing our kids to as much of the content as they can because they're really motivated to make sure that our kids don't see anything on standardized tests that they haven't had a chance to learn in class. And while I know that that's an important and noble goal, what this study is saying is that this approach doesn't work as well as making sure students are mastering as much as they can before they take the test. If a student has been exposed to everything on the test, but they haven't mastered anything on the test, they are not going to do well. So this is why the Khan Academy is set up the way it is, and they're building on existing research that shows that getting higher levels of achievement on a skill before moving on is related to better long-term retention of information. And so this is saying, if you're exposed to something, you might not remember it unless you've really practiced it and mastered it, and that's what our goal should be. As parents, there's not much we can do to slow down the pace of learning in the classroom if our child falls behind. So this is where we have to supplement what they are learning in class to ensure that they are mastering the core skills. And I've outlined a few strategies to help you do this. The first strategy is really taking time to sit down and review the problems that your child missed on their test or their homework assignments, even if the teacher doesn't ask you to do it. Getting into a practice of walking your child through what they missed will help you figure out where they're struggling so you know where to focus on helping them. Our school district requires students to make up assignments if they get less than a 70, but even if my son gets a 70 or slightly higher, that doesn't mean that he's really mastered the concept and he gets upset it's always a struggle but i try to get him to redo the problems that he missed even when he gets a passing score my next tip is to look for opportunities to get tutoring for your child your school may offer tutoring and if you are going through problems that they missed on assignments you can give the tutor directions on what you want them to focus on when they're spending time with your child. And if you can afford it, you can also hire a personal tutor for your child to get them that one-on-one attention that they need. You can also enroll them in tutoring programs. The one that we use for Sean is called Kumon. He's been in there for about a year and we've had a good experience. This is another resource that I will likely do an entire episode on at some point. They focus on consistent practice on the fundamentals. So for example, in math, they might work through addition and subtraction and then they would move on to multiplication and division. But they're not doing all of the conceptual things that the teachers are teaching. It's mostly math facts and core concepts. So it helps your kid get faster at math and builds their confidence. I don't think this format can necessarily fill all of the gaps, but it gives your kid an advantage when they can do the core math really easily and in their head. There are a ton of tutoring programs. They all have slightly different approaches. So I encourage you to look at your options. And if you can afford to tag on something like that, definitely do it. I like formal programs because you have other adults that can influence your kids and encourage them to practice because sometimes when it comes from you, it's not always received the way that you might hope. (laughs) Um, My third tip is to leverage digital resources. I talked through Khan Academy in pretty great detail earlier in this episode. I can't recommend it more highly for math. It's free. They gamify the practice experience for kids, giving them points and badges. And it's also just really comprehensive. There are tons of digital resources. Your school district may actually have a webpage where you can access all of the learning programs that they've subscribed to already. So that's a great place to look for things that you don't have to pay for. There's also some great ones that you can pay for. What I will do is put in a link into the show notes for you to be able to download my list of favorite resources if you're looking for things to supplement your kid's learning. Now, a few notes as you go off all excited with all of your ideas. If your kid is like mine, any change to the routine will be met with resistance. So ready yourself for that. I do not recommend trying to implement all of these practices at one time. You want to try to slowly scaffold on things to help your child and spread them out throughout the week. So you're building in more good habits over time. If you've ever tried a weight loss program or exercise program, you know what it's like when you just go all the way in immediately. (laughs) We don't want to do that. We don't want to burn our kids out. We want to Just start adding good habits, good practices into their routine. And then before you know it, you'll have a really robust out-of-school time learning experience for your kid. And you also want to make sure you're balancing this with fun things, if they like athletics or dance or art or theater. Try to make sure you are helping them create a full life. And it's not all about academics, but you do want to supplement what they're learning in school, especially in math, so that they can keep up with what's going on in class and they don't end up with these huge gaps in their learning that cause them more and more problems as they continue to progress. And even with the learning, try to keep it fun. We found some cool songs that were like early 2000s hip hop songs that I loved from back in the day. And they remade them into like multiplication practice songs, and I was a little nervous. I didn't know if Sean would like them because the songs were so old. But he actually really does, and we've had a lot of fun with them. And so when he was practicing his kuman, we would sometimes put one of those songs on. So like if he's learning his multiplication three tables, we'll put on the three song that they have, and we just dance around and sing them, and then he starts his homework. Or when we were doing Khan Academy last weekend he's obsessed with Michael Jackson right now. And so he wanted to watch Michael Jackson videos and his screen time was over. And so I was like, okay, you can watch one video and then you do one of these units in the Khan Academy and we would alternate. And so that got him through about 20 minutes of Khan Academy practice and their goal for the week is 30 minutes or more. And so we almost met the weekly goal in just like an hour of him watching videos and doing the practice. And he was excited to get to the practice and through the practice so that he could get back to his videos. Will that work next week? Who knows, but we just have to try to keep finding ways to make learning fun and engaging and to keep them motivated. And I think the biggest thing in this journey is to just stay calm (laughs) while you're supplementing. If you're like me, it can be hard to watch your kid have a hard time with something. We want it to be easy for them. This journey can bring up all kinds of feelings for you. That is normal. Things came to me pretty easily in school, and so it was a process for me to understand that things might be harder for my son, and, you know, I had to figure out how to supplement his learning. That could be your story, or maybe school was hard for you, and it may trigger different emotions to watch your kids struggle with learning something. Whatever you're feeling, the important thing is to remember that we are all in a learning marathon, not a sprint. As long as you help keep your kid engaged in school and supplement what they're learning consistently, they're going to improve, they're going to get stronger, they're going to grow in their confidence. And even if you're taking very small steps, like 20 minutes of focused work a night can work miracles over time if you are consistent. So just stay encouraged in that. My experience has been kind of like a snowball, like, once things start clicking for Sean, he gets excited and confident about his ability, and then he just keeps getting better because he feels like he can do it. That's like half of the battle for him, so that may be the same for your child, too. The other day, he told me he really liked science, and when I asked him why, he said it was because he was good at it. I told him he doesn't have to be good at something to like it, but I think this is a perfectly normal way that we think about things sometimes. Like, it's hard to like something if you don't feel like you're good at it. It's hard to like something when you're not getting positive feedback. So our jobs as parents is to help them get through that hard part, you know, so that they can get to the part where they actually are competent at it, and then they can decide if they like it. If your kid tells you they don't like math, you know, maybe they'll grow up and we'll find that, hey, they really don't like math, but it could just be that math is very confusing for them. Like they have gaps and they sit in class and they're embarrassed and they feel like everybody else is getting it and they're not. And so it's not necessarily that they can't like math, they're just not having a good experience in math. And so our job as parents is to help them get the core skills that they need so that they can have that good experience in school. And then that's when school can really start helping because they'll be able to keep up with the teacher and really learn and engage and not be embarrassed and ask questions. And that's where we wanna get to. They don't have to become mathematicians, but we want to get them to a level of confidence that they can do well. It can take a while to get there. Like I said, I've been working pretty intentionally with Sean for about a year now. Um, And he's getting so much better, but it's still a process. We're still in there. Um, His grades are still not exactly where I would hope they would be, but he's getting stronger and better consistently. And that's the goal. Slow and steady wins the race. And that's why I created this podcast. That's why we're talking about elementary school kids, because they have time like that they have the luxury of time to get stronger, to get better. When you start talking about these things in like junior year of high school or senior year of high school, there's not a lot that can be done at that stage to get ready for like really selective colleges. If you haven't been on that track, And so if that's the vision that we have for our kids, then we need to start early. And when you do, you don't have to be as stressed because you have time. You have time to try things, you have time to practice, you have time to get better, you have time to figure out what works for your kid, what doesn't. So just lean into that, lean into that journey and don't be too hard on yourself and certainly don't be too hard on your little ones. I would love to learn more about you and the journey you're on. So please reach out to me. I'm on Instagram at Raising Young Achievers. Get into my DMs and just tell me like what you're focused on with your kids right now. What's working? What's not working? Please share your questions. I would love to hear all this as I am coming up with ideas for the show. I've even made a survey. So if you have a few minutes and you want to follow the link in the show notes, I would love that. I am selfishly excited about this podcast because I'm going to be interviewing some great people and having an opportunity to learn about things that will help my son and eventually my daughter, who is two. But I wanna share things that will help you on your journey as well. So please tell me what you need so I can help find some great resources and people to connect you with. I also mentioned in the episode that I have a freebie that you can download with all of my best resources to help your kid on their education journey with math, and just all the little tools that we use. So feel free to download that as well. All right, friends, I'll see you next week. Until then, stay strong.